everyone, it's Haley, and welcome to Brooms and Hacks. I'm so excited for the episode today. With me is a former skip turn lead. He was a gold medal winner at the 2007 Canada Winter Games. Now he's a five-time Briar participant, a Ford Hotshot champ, and three-time at the Briar, he was an all-star lead. Figure it out yet? How about this then? Not only is he a great curler, he's also a trained culinary genius, the owner of Dynasty Curling and a kids sport ambassador, and a mental health advocate. I think I covered almost everything. Today with me here is the lead from Team McEwen out of Manitoba, Colin Hodgson. Thank you for having me. What an introduction. Um, <laughs> I forgot half of the things. <laughs> I forgot I've even done half of those things at this point in my life. Man, I did my research. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for joining. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Um, I'm excited to be on this podcast and to just spend time with you and, and, you know, share some experiences and, and I'm just looking forward to just a great time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, first things first, let's tackle the elephant in the room. How does it feel to be heading back to the briar again? It's, it's an interesting one. Um, to be in a, to be in a pandemic for a year now, um, it'll be pretty much the briar was the last time I was in, in public in in kind of a normal fashion so it's interesting to have taken so much time to reflect on maybe the path that my life was on or the paths that other people have been on and it's just been it's been a journey over the last 360 so days um from where we were to to where we're going and it's given me a lot of different perspective um i'm excited i'm scared um, I don't know what to expect. There's a lot of fear of the unknown, but there's just something to to look forward to, um, whether it's good or bad. And it's kind of just an interesting, a different experience than any of the other curling events I've ever been leading into. Yeah, because there definitely won't be the big noises from the crowd this year. Do you think that'll affect how you guys play? Yeah, absolutely. That that makes a huge difference. Um, the distractions, managing distractions, but now it's completely flipped on its head now. And we're almost mm. trying to create a similar situation. And that is a unique one. Um, one of the strategies I'm looking forward to, to using is with the announcement of the cutouts being in the stands, um, hopefully when we're over in those sheets, I'm going to be employing some strategies to actually talk to them and hopefully make <laughs> some friends out there on the sheets. And that'll be something that I, you know, use hopefully for the benefit of myself and, and teammates and to just try to create a fun atmosphere. Yeah, actually, that actually sounds like a good idea. <laughs> well, I know that in the NHL, they did um, crowd noises and cheering over the PA. Do you think that they would do that for you guys? I don't believe that's happening. Um, I'm not 100% certain yet. If if it does, I would welcome it. I've always welcomed um, a lot of noise in there. Uh, I think as athletes, mm-hmm. we certainly can have the responsibility of managing our own distractions. So one of my favorite atmospheres to go to is an NBA game where they absolutely pump music. And oh yeah, we had that at the Olympic trials for mixed doubles to some extent. And it was fun. It really livened up the atmosphere. Um, I don't want curling to be a stale sport. I want there to be excitement. I love cheers in backswings. I like heckling. 
I invite people to heckle me if they want to. That's something that <laughs> our sport can dearly use. I, I, I've witnessed it a lot in baseball and major league events. That's my favorite sport to watch. And it's just awesome. I, I think we could have more fan interaction and, and that might help the longevity of the sport and, and to evolve into something that might be more exciting uh, for the future. Yeah. You got to have fun with it, right? <laughs> yeah, I love having fun. Um, I don't want to go out there. You know, curling's not about winning for me anymore. Uh, I thought it was, but it really isn't. It's about the experience and what I can share with people. That really makes me happy. Yeah, I know that once, um, I think it was way before this happened, I went to, it was just like a local um, basketball team. I, I can't remember the name of the team, but it was loud in there. Like, it was crazy, and I loved it. I was like, I wish they would do that with curling. I agree. Um, why don't you start it? <laughs> Come to one of our events. Yeah. I'll, I'll high-five you. You know, you guys can scream and yeah, yell. Uh, hopefully That's for a plan. <laughs> That's a plan. I'll get my whole team and we'll just be super loud. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. So let's go back. So you said you like being it loud. How did you originally, so when you started curling, you know, having loud noises, how did you deal with that and how did you become so comfortable with it? Um, I think it actually started when I was younger and in a different sport, multiple different sports. Um, I encourage absolutely encourage my nieces and nephews and other youth to play as many sports as possible because it'll give you different um, experiences and tools that you can use for if you wanted to play curling later or other sports you'll learn some amazing skills uh, through curling that you can apply to other sports but um, you know when we were young kids 12 years old at mosquito baseball provincials one of the most fun parts is jumping up and down and yelling and screaming and you know, sing and team chants and um, at volleyball, that happens a ton. Every time you score, you know, someone makes a good oh, yeah. dig, your team cheers. <laughs> yeah, I think those kinds yeah. <laughs> of moments make it easier to to turn off the noise. Um, I, I think mentally, if you're at the top of the game, I, I think we need to discourage the notion that people need to like stand still at the other end at all levels. Um, yes, mm -hmm. there is a respect factor and I totally understand that, but I, I think if we're looking at talk, we're talking about more elite levels of competition or mental strengths, that's something that I don't really notice. Um, I, I, and a lot of players don't, I think the focus and narrowing the focus and widening the focus, like you can't be sitting there for four hours on a sheet of ice or three hours, um, and be focused all the time. So finding ways yeah. to come in and out of it and, and managing what you're focusing on the moment. That's kind of, that's where you start getting to a different level and unlocking your own potential. And I think everybody does have that in them. It's just something to maybe open your eyes and watch for. Mm -hmm. I know that um, I, there's, uh, I don't know if you've heard of a Trillium Curling Camp. Absolutely. Oh, one of the biggest parts that they have is the great shootout. And after you let go of the rock, it goes crazy in there. And I, I love that because, like, yeah, it helps with communication because you got to communicate with your team, right? And it helps with, like, the focus because you got to calm yourself. And everyone's just making so much noise, and it's crazy. 
it's amazing. It, it forces you to focus on, yeah, how do you communicate when noise gets loud? Um, and that'll mm -hmm. really, it, all that really does, again, is narrow your focus into what is your goal in that moment. So our yeah. team, for example, we do use a lot of hand signals. Um, playing with masks was a wonderful experience for us because it forced us to need to do that as well. And our communication mm. started operating at a much higher level and the results came quickly. And we played one event with masks on and we won it, which was interesting because when my personal belief on it, and I know it's history of the game where you have people, you know, yelling and screaming hard and hurry and hard, but like, what are you really accomplishing by doing that? Um, as a sweeper mm. and as a front-end player, I've never swept harder because someone yells louder. I'm always giving it everything, but it just gives me more ability to keep calm. And when my brain doesn't have that, you know, that static when when you, maybe for some of the younger viewers, but when, <laughs> you might not know what I'm talking about, but when you're on channel three and then you switch it to channel four and you don't have the right input, and then you have this staticky screen that makes oh, all the noise. Yeah. That's what yeah. happens in your brain when you're screaming and yelling or someone's screaming and yelling at you. So it's harder to process mm -hmm. information. So I think the calmer you can be and the quieter and more concise you can be, again, that, mm -hmm. that gives you more understanding of everything that's going on. And then the whole communication, the entire team comes up. And that's not just a curling thing. That's, a, that's an every sport thing. Yeah. Whether you need to be operating at a high octane level for certain purposes or maybe a more low octane level. And it's just, I, I've really got into some more deeper psychology and it, it's helped me not only in curling, but other areas of my life as well. It actually does make sense. Like when you don't really, when someone's yelling at you, you can't really, you know, think about it much. I, I, it makes sense. Well, uh, try it out with your team. See, um, we have one funny story mm -hmm. where we kind of learned a bit about this. Um, we were at a grand slam and we were playing a game against Glenn Howard. Uh, in Toronto, where the Maple Leafs used to play up in the upper deck. It's a cool place. Um, so the Players' Championship, we we weren't making playoffs. We had a bad week. And then for fun, we decided, I think this is Reed, Reed Crothers, his idea. He said, each end, why don't we have a guy where he's not allowed to talk? Um, <laughs> so every end, we switched off that duty. And we actually played very well and our communication got better because there's less guys talking. And it gave us some good perspective on, you, you know, that clearly that's not a good thing. Like that's not yeah. a smart way to operate all the time, but it's a really cool <laughs> experience. And the other team picked up on it. The crowd picked up on it very quickly that one person wasn't allowed to talk. And it was easier to pick up on it when it was the skip. So when the skip had to call hard for line, he had to find another way to communicate. And then the sweepers had to look yeah. up and communicate in a different way. And that was awesome. Maybe it's something to do in practice. Yeah, we actually, um, I believe it was last year, we had like this little fun spiel at our club. And we had, it wasn't just one person that we had to do. Uh, one game, the whole team, no, it was only one end, but the whole team couldn't say anything. So we just had to use hands the entire time. I love it. That is so good. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was interesting. It was, it was quite crazy. And yeah, especially with, you know, mass now, you you can't really, you know, usually when you look up and you see them yelling, you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. But now you kind of have to use more of the hand signals, right? Yeah, I, I love the concept. Mm -hmm. And you can always take a, a negative experience and, it, and turn it into a positive. It, 
it's all a matter of perspective. So, um, you know, clearly there, there's a lot of negative things through the pandemic, you know, people are actually dying and there's so many negatives. So what are we as individuals going to be able to pluck out of these situations? And mm-hmm. I think looking at the upside of that can make your whole experience significantly better. And so I implore people to, uh, to try these things. And if anyone has good ideas too, let me know, because I want to enjoy things more in life. <laughs> yeah. So like speaking of which, like keeping positive throughout, have you been doing anything to kind of keep your mind up during everything? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I think I've been busier during this pandemic than I've ever been in my entire life. Um, Mm-hmm. sometimes life hits you hard for various reasons and trying to make sure that our you know our employees at our company still have jobs and they can feed their families that that's enough motivation right there to find opportunities and to maybe I guess this pandemic's really forced a lot of introspection so by spending more time looking at myself and the way I operate, I've been able to come up with more items that I like to do as a person and maybe less of the running around. You know, I think I used to always run around to stay away from myself and the things I like to do. And I would just spend all my time doing things, frivolous things that I really didn't need to. So being forced inside has really given me a lot of opportunity to to figure out what am I interested in? How can I be selfish so that I can actually do the things I like, which also make people happy? That's kind of the goal. So I've been working more charities. Um, I've been spending more time talking to people I otherwise wouldn't have. Uh, One of my favorite hobbies is the Zoom stacking we do, where totally random thing. I had friends tweet at me. Well, I call them friends now. I didn't know these guys at the time. Um, you know, Nick Sanders and, and Brian, um, champion Westcott, they're down South and Palmetto and Columbus they they run, you know, these amazing, amazing American curling Twitter accounts. And those guys just randomly one day decided to tweet it and say, Hey, let's, do you want to do a, a zoom stacking thing where in, in, for any Canadians who don't know about this or international viewers, I think Prince will know this, but broom stacking is where you stack up your brooms and you go inside the club and you have a drink and then you come back out or choice beverage whatever you like so they -hmm. decided to take that tradition and put it virtual virtual and we're almost at the one year anniversary of that we still got a few weeks left and (laughs) when they started this idea it was just like okay we're all a little lonely right now how do we be a little less lonely and over the last year I've met so many people from all over the world, um, you know, who've jumped in. It taught me how to use Zoom better and how to connect better with people. And um, it's just been such a positive experience out of this concept of, hey, I'm lonely. Let's have a drink together with a bunch of people I don't know. And things like mm-hmm. that can change people's lives. And it, it's kind of changed my life. I've got some amazing friends now who I otherwise don't know if I ever would have met. Um, we worked on a charity. We did curlers for Congo. We did a Zoom stack charity wow. event where we we didn't really 
have many, we didn't have any expectation. And we ended up raising over $11,000 US in one night with oh, wow. <laughs> cumulatively, uh, we had a lot of, a lot of curling friends step up to the plate. They donated jerseys, they donated, you know, Olympic used bro- gold medal used broom heads, like all these crazy prices, experiences. Oh. And it just created a lot more interaction. And out of that $11,000 we raised, that was pretty much the whole annual budget for a charity that was just started. Um, and that there's, it's, it literally saved potentially 12 lives. And just to see that if you just take a chance and you just take a step forward and you just try to do something for yourself, this came out of me wanting to feel better about myself and it's helped so many other people. Um, So I guess this pandemic has forced me to go to some dark places personally in my own life and step outside of that box and just be compassionate for others. And the return on that is worth so much more than money. Um, I got a, uh, I got a letter in the mail from Nico Fessler who started this charity and he sent me a shirt um, from the charity and photos from the kids in the Congo. Um, and just to get this, like, I'm going to frame this and put this on my wall and it's going to mean more to me than any curling trophy I've ever won. So, wow. you know, it's, it's amazing where life can take you. Um, if you just give it a chance sometimes. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I think you're, you've dealt with this better than most people that I've known. Wow. That was <laughs> inspiring. That's well, for sure. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not all roses. It's not all happy cheer moments. Yeah. Um, you know, personally, I was, I was at a, a few weeks ago, I was probably at one of the lowest moments in my life and just unable to do simple tasks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting to that point, I don't think you can have the high moments that you'd like to if you don't get to the low moments. So I think people, I think we just need to be able to openly speak about this and say that mm-hmm. we all have our moments up and down and they vary to different degrees at different points in our lives. Um, and when, when we can talk about that and when people know that they feel, you know, someone else is listening or they don't feel alone, that's when, that's when those moments of inspiration can change not just you, but like it's infectious. So as much as it can spiral Mm. down, it can spiral up as well. So just talking about it, like just talking now makes me feel better Mm. to know that someone else who might be listening to this feels like they're not the only one. And and for those people, my, my inbox is open. If you want to DM me or anything, I will listen and I will talk to you. And there are so many people out there that you know, want to help and whatever, wherever you can be in your life. And so re- personally, right now, I feel this is the best I've ever felt in my whole life. And a few weeks ago was the lowest. So, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> the journey of life. <laughs> yeah. It does. I know from someone who uh, gave me advice a while ago is that you can't keep things bottled up or else it'll, it'll kind of 
well, she, I was young at the time, and she said, if you keep a bottle up, it'll make you feel sick. And I know that if you, uh, if you talk about it, it helps. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's amazing advice. And, and whoever told you that, uh, they've had some experience. Very good advice. Suppressing, suppressing things is not the way to go. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, honesty and openness, uh, it can be very, it can be freeing. Yeah. <laughs> how did um how did you get involved with like um being a mental health advocate and like a kid sport ambassador? Um, you know what? Twitter. <laughs> Twitter was a good one. <laughs> um so I guess they're different different things. Um mental health advocate, I I certainly don't believe anybody needs any any sort of formal training or anything, you know. I'm an advocate for speaking out about how you feel. Um, I'm an advocate for just being compassionate for people. Um, the kids for the kids for one is an interesting story. So it actually happened. It started with having a beer in the patch at the briar last year. <laughs> I was having a beer and I was just enjoying the game with a friend on, on the big screen. And I had a parent, um, of one of the junior stars come up to me and they said, Hey, we, you know, my, my, my kid is at the game right now and they didn't get a chance to meet you because they were a junior star in a different team, but they wanted to. And he said, would you like to like, is there any chance I could get your autograph or something and give it to them? Or would you like to come like they're at the game now? Would you come say hi? And it's, it's right across the street. So I said, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I came across the street. <laughs> And I didn't realize that all the junior stars were at that game, like every single one of them. I think it was a semifinal at the Briar <laughs> and they were all there. So I, you know, I, I went down to the front row and I started talking to this, um, this parent's child and everybody was there. So it turned into like a good 45 minute session with um, autographs and, you know, pictures and just telling stories. and kind of all the the whole crowd or the whole section wasn't really so focused on the game anymore and I think TV noticed that so they they threw the camera over towards us and and they highlighted the junior stars and that I was a player and you know I was just having a good time because I remember being one of those kids I wasn't a junior star I would have dreamed to be one of that one of those at the event (laughs) um when I was a kid I was just a huge curling fan so I just wanted to give that experience back that like look like I was one of you guys and I know like I'm excited about curling like you guys are. So we spent a lot of time together. And then uh, right after the briar, I got an email from kids sport Manitoba and they asked me if I'd be interested. And I said, absolutely. This would, this is an amazing opportunity. So that ever since I've kind of been part of that and, but not only in Manitoba, um, we just used a fundraiser in Lacombe in my hometown in Alberta we did a burger fundraiser mm-hmm. where I designed a burger for them and they do a charity event and we raised a bunch of money. And through doing that, we actually started a kid sport chapter in my hometown in Lacombe in the in Lacombe County. And so to have mm-hmm. kind of some legacy moments like this, and it all goes back to having a beer in the patch and then someone coming up to me and saying, Hey, would you like to meet um, my child? And 
so I thank that parent very much. And I think I owe them a few beers because that kind of took me on a different trajectory. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how you can just be sitting there and all of a sudden one little decision can just change your life, you know? I think that's how everybody changes their life to some extent. Um, people who look mm. to change their life might not actually accomplish that. It's just being open and willing and kind of like I mentioned before, just you know, you have a couple opportunities in every situation. Everything's a choice. You can, you can freeze, you can step back, or you can, you know, pivot and you can step forward into those situations. And from my experience over the last year of, even less than last year, I, I think I did it unintentionally often. I'm starting to try to be more intentional about it, but taking a step into uncomfortable situations is has been changing my life and I've been getting so much positive feedback and positive reinforcement since then um you know it's kind of changed how I operate yeah that's great I know that through like the past year or whatever it's been hard on everyone but yeah you just gotta get through it absolutely now, with our team, we haven't really seen a lot of ice time. We were actually lucky, and we got to play in one of our spiels in October, which we got to use the mask, which was a great experience to for communication and stuff. But how are you guys feeling mentally and physically about heading back to the Briar without having the regular ice time that you normally would have? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, we <laughs> were fortunate to be able to play in the fall in one event, and... We did have a lot of success there and we had more fun doing it. So I think by having that, that one chance, um, it gave us a really, you know, some positive vibes going into this, knowing that we've, we've had the reps, like I've been curling for over 25 years now. The other guys have been curling for probably 30, 30, over 30. I won't try to age them too much. I'm the young kid on the team, but (laughs) I think we've been doing it for our lives for so long. And and when you get in there, there's going to be so many reps right away that I think mentally is, is going to be everything planning, you know, using our experience of previously what it was like in these events, trying to reverse engineer the things we're going to need to do to perform. Uh, We've had lots of communication about that and we've had lots of strategies in place. And I think realizing that each person is individual Um, We don't have all the same needs. I think, I think that's a huge mistake for teams to pigeonhole themselves into the whole team needs to act this way and operate this way. And you have to all, you know, eat at this time at this restaurant, eat this kind of food and go to bed at this time. Those kinds of that pigeonholing Mm -hmm. is, is what's going to prevent people from their own genuine authentic selves and ways that they can operate at a high level. So understanding that each person's different and giving them space to do that within, you know, you have to clearly live within a certain set of rules um, that, that are fair to everybody that are agreed upon. But outside of that, giving people individual individuality and really um, the dominion over how they operate in their own way, that can kind of unlock that potential too. So that's kind of what we focused on mentally um, and just having fun. Like there's been a lot, of, I've curled for a long time where I didn't have fun and it's miserable. And this situation is going to be even more miserable because it's so restricted. So that's kind of 
I, I want to yeah. go there and do what I possibly can to enjoy the experience and, and probably share it with other people too. That's going to help me get through it. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, not, as you said, not everyone is the same, right? Like, just like a couple years ago, how many years ago, that, that dress picture that was floating around, not everyone sees things the same. Like, you both might experience, we all might experience this pandemic, but we're all interpreting it, like, differently. Oh, I'm color deficient. I did not see what most people saw. Oh. I, I, that thing absolutely was wild to me. I, I was thinking, like, <laughs> thank you for this. Because welcome to my world, everybody else. <laughs> I've been not seeing colors the same as a lot of people for my whole life. <laughs> That's a very good example. I, oh, I hope you yeah. will let me steal that example. Can I use that for other times? Oh, thank you. No, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you find at like Briars or Spiels that you guys play at that you it's harder to keep your mental health like harder to maintain that while you're doing sports than you would just regular life? I think sport has a lot of there's a lot of preconceived notions on what you need to be and I think it's very dangerous um there's an HBO documentary that really highlights it well because of the high level athletes who are who have taken part in this documentary and to some to some extent or in the entire extent, I have to use a little more research, but, um, you know, you have Michael Welt, Michael Phelps, um, Sean White. Um, there are so many Olympic athletes in that event. And one of the common themes of it is once they, once, once a lot of these athletes reach their goals, what next? Um, you know, one of the things I've always found hard as an Olympic hopeful or, um, just an athlete in general trying to get to a high level is okay well I've got this goal and when I attain it um, like what's next what else am I doing what's the next goal so this this kind of I'll, I'll call it the Olympic mentality and this is what it meant to me previously before pretty much this pandemic happened was I need to feel like I have to go to the gym at 6 a.m and I have to eat perfect and I have to take the right supplements and I have to eat the right food and I can't, I have to eat a salad all the time. Um, and I'm like, you know, doing all these things that are adding so much pressure to my, my actual being. And I think that's dangerous that people do need to have rewards. Um, I haven't told a lot of people this, but I went on some, some dieting to, you know, get to my, my, my levels or goals that I wanted to. And what happened is I developed a bit of an eating disorder and I, it was not a healthy lifestyle. I wasn't taking the advice of the dietitian. I was taking advice from someone else I shouldn't have. Um, and I was just trying to think that I needed to do all these things to make myself be perfect where perfection is not attainable no one's perfect everyone makes mistakes so having a reward system or you know just being happy on your own will motivate you to do the things that you need to do to actually achieve your goals and and then all of a sudden when you start looking at it that way well maybe your goals start changing and my goals are changing my goal a year ago today would have been to win an Olympic gold medal for Canada. 
because that would have given me purpose. That would have given me status. I would have been looked upon as someone who was who was great for his country and his family, blah, 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 blah. All this stuff that, you know, I was, I was doing things for other people and I was putting pressure on myself mm-hmm. that wasn't fair and I wasn't happy. And now my goal is not any of those things. I absolutely would love to do those things. I would love to be an Olympic gold medalist for Canada, but I don't want to do that for other people to look at me like I have status. I want to do these things so I can get a platform so that I can help other people because that's what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Actually, that that sounds amazing. Like that's a I don't even know what to say about that. That's you're inspiring, man. Like this is great. <laughs> well, you know, that, that, that this is why I wanted so much to do this podcast with you is because I think it's it, it's important that people can feel at all levels. It doesn't need to be on a national or international level. It can be at the grassroots level. And I think youth are so important to know that it's okay to be yourself, no matter who you are, um, anything you do. If we didn't give people second chances for mistakes they made, there wouldn't be anyone you know, doing anything later in life, everybody's made mistakes. So, you know, whether you make mistakes or you feel different or any of these things, and, you know, I have, I've made major mistakes. Um, I've done dumb stuff in my life. Oftentimes I've done dumb stuff after I've won events, I've punished myself. Like, you know, I didn't feel that that was okay. And that wasn't an area where I was properly, you know, it wasn't going to be a good, happy life anymore. And we we can have mm-hmm. happy lives. We can attain our goals and actually enjoy doing it. Um, so I want to help people do that. And I'm still I'm on this journey now. I'm not always happy, but I'm trying to catch myself when I'm becoming unhappy or when I'm letting my emotion get into it too much. So you know, having a positive maybe moral compass might not be the right word, but kind of pointing my compass in the direction that selfishly makes me happy can also make other people happy along the way so it's a fun little cycle that mm-hmm. I'm hoping I can continue to do because it's, it's hard it's hard to do that sometimes yeah. I know with me I have trouble putting other people's happiness before my own sometimes so that's definitely something I probably should you know look into yeah that's a great point I, uh, I, it's interesting the way you phrase that is you have trouble putting someone's happiness before your own I think it works in reverse order. Mm. If you can put your own happiness first before someone else's, it'll allow you and it'll empower you to to share that with them. And you can be more empathetic, empathetic to anything that they're going through. Have you... While you're trying to help people out, have you ever come across like one of those extremely negative people? And how how do you cope with those kind of people in your life? Um, yeah, all the time, absolutely. And I absolutely think that it's more important to have empathy for that, even if they don't have empathy for themselves. Um, you know, if somebody 
is being super negative and you know that's for a reason so maybe trying to ask why they're feeling that way so that they'll act that way you know as simple as question is like if someone's being a jerk to you be like how are you doing like are you okay <laughs> um it, it, a lot of it seems counterintuitive yeah. but you'll be surprised at the responses and and you know i think personally like even I, I've been trying to reach out to some people I've wronged in the past to, to and just apologizing to them kind of unlocks the door to further understanding. And I think that's a key and it's not easy. There's definitely, I need to apologize to more people in my life um, from various things. And, and typically the answer is always going to be positive. Um, when, when is telling the truth ever a bad thing? Like, I can't really think yeah. of any point in my life where telling the truth was, you know, negative. Either you did something or you didn't, you know? So it's taken me a long time to to, to yeah. start learning this, though, that's for sure. And I'm still trying to, still trying to, you know, actually practice what I'm preaching here. <laughs> yeah, you just got to try to, you know, like, walk a mile in their shoes kind of thing, figure out what they're going through. and. Oh, yeah that's a great that's a great statement that might be a tattoo i find some way to to maybe do like a little little mile one mile thing with a shoe on it i don't know that may be my next tattoo yeah <laughs> um while trying do you ever deal with pressure from like fans or family members um how do you like deal with those kind of things well family members no I, I, no, I've never, I've never felt the pressure from my family. Um, I've felt the pressure from my, from myself thinking that I need to do something for my family. Um, they're just happy I'm doing it. When I actually Mm -hmm. ask them, like, what do you guys think? They're like, oh, we don't care if you win. Like, they just want, they want me to win because (laughs) they think I want to win. So, you know, I don't think it depends. It doesn't really matter what level you're on. I think people still have self stresses. People still have nerves and worries and things like that. Um, media can be tough sometimes uh, when when things are unfair. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that really gets me is unfairness. Um, I really, I really think sport is an avenue that needs to be fair and equitable, and people need to have a chance. Um, so, you know, our sport's not immune to that. I think there's some levels of, of our sport that need to be, um, you know, fixed. We need an equitable system where people actually have a chance. And, and that, that, that's probably the one area that troubles me is if people don't have a chance where they should. And I think our sport also needs a lot more diversity as well and opportunities for for diversity Mm -hmm. to exist Um, those are probably things that kind of trouble me but as far as it goes like family pressure curling fan pressure I don't really play for those people so (laughs) so I I think the noise is easy to easy (laughs) to push it out I think all I need to do is make sure I'm I'm comfortable with what I'm doing being ethical being you know Mm -hmm. being a good ambassador that's that's more important to me uh, so I do get stressed about that. I want to mm-hmm. make sure I'm not a jerk. Like that's probably might be the root of a lot of my stress. 
Um, yeah, I just asked the question because I have a friend whose family member um, goes through a lot of pressure from her family members. So it's like a big chain, but I've heard things where like they want her to do good and it could just be some miscommunication. Yeah, la- a lack of communication. That's a that's a big problem. <laughs> Absolutely. People need to be comfortable talking to each other. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 tough. It's a tough spot when it's your family too. You don't want to let anyone down, um, and and it kind of can lead to a yeah. lack. Of, I, I find it hardest to talk to my family about some things, uh, rather than you would think it. You know, you'd think it'd be easier, but especially talking about things like mental mm-hmm. health or you know anxiety or even depression, um, especially depression. Uh, those kinds of things aren't easy. You always talk to family members. Sometimes you need a complete stranger, and that's okay too. That's okay. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. When you gotta and get you it do. out, you gotta get yes, it out. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you when you get kind of you know in a rut, kind of a lot of negativity? How do you? What tools do you use to kind of break out of that and kind of get yourself oh, back man, on the track uh, again? Yeah, it's. <laughs> isolation <laughs> so a lot of the things we're all dealing with right now are bad for that so um getting out and going for a walk mm-hmm. uh shutting your device off that's a huge one um one of the best things i ever did was shut notifications off on like everything um social media trying to limit that mm-hmm. kind of use and you keep hearing it blah 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 i get it but until you actually do it and, you know if you can if you can turn yourself off or turn off the major negativity device that we all have in our pockets most of the time um that that's helpful sunlight is huge um for me personally and this is like a strategy i've been imploring for like three weeks now (laughs) is get going to bed earlier um so that i have the chance to get up and have more sunlight your your brain your brain creates dopamine when you get sunlight like your brain is actually operating on a different level so if you're staying up late at night or you know i've done this and been up till five in the morning and getting to that cycle it's really hard to get out of it um so sunlight going for walks Mm, music is a huge one for me i have to i don't really care what it is i've got a certain artist i absolutely crush right now rapper his name's nf oh if you want to if you want to get inside your own if you want to get inside my (laughs) Yes, go and get inside my head. Go listen to some NF. Um, There's no swears. It's fantastic. (laughs) It's uh, it's it's kind of family friendly. Well, it is family friendly. It's you know the topics are are deep, but but yeah, music, sunlight, walks, uh, activity is help. Like activity is great, definitely. Um, I pet my cats a lot. I love my cats. (laughs) They're they're my little little buddies. So just doing things that are not high stress related and most of that's coming from from my device yeah yeah I find I find music helps a lot there's you can have one song that different people interpret like so many differently it can help like express your emotions uh, when you don't know for how sure it doesn't even something simple like listening to music in your headphones compared to coming out of a speaker 
it actually changes how your brain perceives a lot of the information. Mm -hmm. Um, surround sound or it being in your head or listening to podcasts in your earphones, your brain might react to them differently. Um, it changes your focus. In a, in a, and it sounds absolutely mm -hmm. crazy, but uh, when I say the words out of my mouth, it sounds nuts, but you can kind of time travel to some extent. When you, when you, when you put, you mm -hmm. know, you know, you got AirPods or something like that. I've got some, some monster ones in my ear right now. And you know, this conversation, I'm looking at the screen, it's been 44 minutes and 48 seconds. I absolutely have no idea how much time this took because we've been time traveling because I'm in this conversation with you and I feel like you're in my head right now. And so, you know, I don't think time is linear. And yeah. it, it's all about your focus and perception. So, you know, it's interesting. It does sound crazy, but I, I've got some podcasts. Maybe I'll, I'll share a podcast with you that can explain oh, yeah. to it in a in a much more eloquent way than I can what what yeah. song do you listen to? like what's the song you have yeah yes please what's your favorite song right now oh I listen to my favorite song right now I I'm a, oh. I'm a stickler for queen man. all right oh, I love queen Freddie Mercury give me some <laughs> more of that great call yeah I... <laughs> thank you <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm loving Queen right now. I just got a record player, so I have a whole bunch of different records that I'm just listening to and it the records sound different than when you listen to on your phone or like speakers. It just sounds more um I can't think of the word, but it sounds different and I just I love the sound of the record. Like Queen on the record, it, yeah, it makes there me is happy. A lot to be said about that. So digital music your brain does perceive different than let's say like more analog music. Um, like it, your brain is not processing mm -hmm. the ones and zeros that way. It it actually it does have a different effect on you. That's tremendous. You you recognize that. Um, so I'll, I'll just drop the name of the podcast. is amazing. Um, there's a doctor at Stanford. His name is Andrew Huberman. He's a neurology genius. He works with Navy SEALs. He's worked with extremely high level athletes. Um, he's his lab at Stanford uh, is focusing on regeneration for blind. So it, it's absolutely fascinating mm. stuff, but it was a life-changing experience. And my teammate, Mike uh, McEwen, he sent me this podcast and, and Mike and I went on this kind of cool journey over the last few weeks of exploring some of these thoughts. And that's what got, that's what got me into the deeper psychology. And Andrew Huberman, he, he, he describes pretty much my real Coles Notes version of it is it gave me an understanding of my own brain chemistry on kind of a real level. And then that gives me strategies and tools to be able to um, apply it in my life. And I have, I have literally been happier mm -hmm. as a person since I listened to this. And the thing about it, though, is I don't want anybody to listen to this thing unless they want to listen to it, because that's the key. You have to want to do something. So if anyone's ready, they should definitely listen to it. And one of the coolest things about it is at the end of the podcast, it's 59 minutes long, he, he invites people to reach out to him. So I said, OK, and I just did it. And I sent him a message. And within an hour, he had yeah. taken the time. Not to type me a message back, not to send me a pre-recorded message back. He took the time to send me a personalized message like, hey, Colin, um, thank you for listening to this. 
Um, you know, he spoke about curling. He wasn't super familiar with the sport, but he's going to said he's going to take it upon himself to learn more. And that moment just kind of said, like, why is this guy doing this? Like, why is he talking to me about this? Like he took time out of his day and, you know, time is more valuable than money. I, clearly to him, I think he, he proved that. And he gave me some of his mental currency. So, you know, that's something I'll always treasure. And I've, you know, I have the recording on my phone and it's very special to me. So, you know, I'm, I absolutely would love it if anybody wanted to check out some of his work. He's, he's teaching on Instagram. Um, he's just really finding a way to get out to the masses. He's doing every podcast imaginable and, you know, he's changing the world in his own way. And I think something like that, he's inspired me and I hopefully can inspire someone else who can inspire someone else and the chain can go on. Yeah. I, I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to check him out. He sounds very interesting. This, this, this kind of stuff. Um, I'm taking in my next year at my school, I'm taking like an introduction to anthropology, psychology, and sociology, because this is kind of like the career path I want to go down. Man, it's the key to human evolution is the more we can understand ourselves, the more we can control our futures. (laughs) And it is crazy. It is wizard. It is. I love Harry Potter. It is Harry Potter wizard level stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I just find it so interesting. And I when I a career that I'm thinking about going down is more um, like working with kids and how they process like it can be processed good things, process bad things. But I want to like help them through it. And I'm going to have to listen to him because he I sounds, believe he's he also sounds an really good on uh, on how essentially your brain grows from. I'm really butchering this, but, you know, <laughs> baby brains, <laughs> children brains, adolescent brains, adult brains. He is the expert on this kind of stuff or one of the experts on it. And, uh, you know, he's got so much, so much stuff out there that's just fascinating um, about how you operate. And for me personally, I don't like the fluff. I don't like the self-talk. I don't like the, yeah, you can do it or I can do it. I'm going to be the best. Like, I know I want to see like, okay, yeah. if I if I go do this, how is my brainstem and what chemical is going to produce that'll suppress another one that'll help me feel good? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> that's how, that's how I operate more so. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same for me. I don't really, the self-talk, it kind of feels like I'm just kind of doing it, right? I'm not really actually promoting myself. I'm just more saying it to kind of just everyone else has been saying it so you're like oh maybe it'll help but I just, it doesn't, work, doesn't for really work for anybody either you can't trick your own brain mm-hmm. like your brain can't tell a lie to itself and believe it so if we try to do that we know mm-hmm. we're lying to ourselves and then it could have the adverse effects so self-talk can't possibly work you need to do it you need to actually want to do something so that you believe something, so that you actually do that thing. And it's like, wow, that's yeah. so empowering. Why do I keep lying to myself that I'm going to eat a salad tomorrow, but I want to have chips and dip tonight. 
So I'll justify that. It's like, no, I'm going to have chips and dip because I want it. And then I want to eat a salad tomorrow because I wanted to feel lighter, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. I know that. Yeah. You got to, you got to believe in yourself kind of thing. Like I want to do this and that's why you end up doing it. I think that's one of the, the struggles I have. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do that later. And I just never get up doing it because, you know, I don't want to do it, but you know, maybe I'll start being like, you know what? I want to do this and I want to get better. I think so. Uh, I'm a, I'm a absolute super terrible at this. If I don't answer an email right away, take me days. I just can't bring myself back to do it. So I'm just (laughs) focusing on like, okay, do it now and get it out of the way. And then the stress levels go down. And that's kind of, I've got so much done at work the last couple of weeks too. It's been Mm -hmm. tremendous. Yeah, that helps. That that comes with my schoolwork too. If I don't do it when I need to do it, then I'll just keep pushing it back, and I'll just keep, and then I'll keep getting some more stress because I get more work, and it just you are goes right down the rabbit that. hole. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. Do you like have any advice with that when you have like so much schoolwork and like jobs and curling and other sports? Do you have any advice to kind of you know get through yeah, that and give calm yourself, yourself a break. down? Um you need to give yourself a break. You'll be more, you'll be more productive. If you actually take time to yourself, you need sleep, you need to be hydrated. Um, You know, pulling all nighters is not necessarily the way to go. You can do these things if you have a lot of training um, and how to do those things. So, um, but yeah, like never working in between the hours of like, I don't know, 11 PM and 5 AM just like that's always me time ideally it's sleep time but if you're not sleeping it's like don't be working um i know people have shift work that's just unbelievably difficult yeah uh on 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 your mental health so i think focusing on that is important but breathing techniques that's a big one um do some searching on the internet about actually activating your diaphragm your diaphragm is right by your heart and it will oh the stuff you can do with breathing is and how you can control your brain activity um i was doing this cool testing a few years back and i want to get back into this but um you know they hooked up all sorts of electrodes so you know measuring brain impulses and what they also did is they measured uh heat temperature on they put temperature, like a little temperature sensor on my toes and fingers and use certain breathing techniques in a certain way so that I'd be able to control my body temperature. So you can actually make your, you know, when you're, you get really stressed and you get in fight or flight mode. So like very stressed or panicked and your toes get really cold and numb and your fingers get really, because your, yeah. your heart is pulling all the blood into the center of your body. So if you hold it or into your heart so that it can survive. So if, if you hold your breath for a long period of time, you're going to experience that. So focusing on your breathing can actually change your whole body's reaction. It's not like your heart or your head. They're all connected. They're all one sensory system. They all work together. So you can control that. And I think the key to that all is breathing that can help you sleep at night. Um, I have trouble falling asleep or I did have trouble falling asleep 
So I implore techniques like uh, certain breathing techniques and visualization. Um, no, trying not to do screen time, but I'm super guilty of that too. Just all sorts of these little, little, these are like cheats to life. Um, instead of having anxiety all the time, how do I combat that? Because I don't want that. I don't think anyone wants to be anxious. And I have this weird thing where I just hold my breath and I get a, you know, cloudy brain, cold fingertips, my heart starts pounding, and then it just snowballs into this crazy thing. So I think breathing techniques, um, that's something that's absolutely fascinating. And it's all along the same lines of how can you control your own body chemistry, which helps your thoughts and makes you a happier person. That's crazy. I didn't know that just focusing on your breathing could help that much. Like I've experienced, you know, stress, but I didn't think yes, breathing could there's really a fun help with one that. on that. breathing on Netflix. There is one of those explained series. So it's explained the mind. And there's a monk who is his uh, brain activity mm-hmm. in an area of his brain that's like full of compassion. Um, he has like outrageous numbers, like not like they almost couldn't believe it when how compassionate this guy is and how happy he is and you know you think monk oh yeah well whatever you cross your legs you hum and meditate and but (laughs) there is a lot of science that actually backs this stuff up so meditation is huge but I've always been scared and wary of that word there's all Mm -hmm. sorts of different types of meditation um I'm not a I'm not a sit down on the floor cross your cross your legs and hum kumbaya right that's I've always felt silly because I don't believe in that really like I don't I just personally I I don't believe in I don't believe I'm getting anything out of that I'm like this seems a little crazy to me but it's different for every person so for me it might be Mm -hmm. laying in bed focusing on my breathing and thinking about one of the things I always think about is when I was in baseball, a pitcher, I actually try to throw a bullpen or I pick a hitter I used to throw against all the time. And I try to like throw perfect pitches. Um, mm-hmm. Another one I use is a curling slide, but I don't think of it from like what I look like in my eyes. I think of what would it look like from just behind the hack, behind my left foot, as I pull it back, as I kick out, as it goes under my belt buckle you know, as the center of gravity, like, gets kicking out, and usually I'll fall asleep before my Mm -hmm. brain can even get to the T-line. Otherwise, like, if I don't think about that, like, (laughs) I use this seven days a week, there isn't a day I don't use this. Um, So these strategies and tools can help all sorts Mm -hmm. of good things happening. Yeah, I've never, I've, I've tried, you know, control my breathing, but I've never been, you know, the cross your legs type either. It just, I don't know. I, I feel like my mind just wanders way too much with that. But I know when I was younger, whatever, um, like I would have like nightmares or something like that. Cause you know, young kids. Right. But, um, I know when I used to sleep, I would like, um, picture like every joint in my body was like a light. And it would, I would picture, okay, my toes, and it would slowly go out. And then I'd work my way up, and I'd eventually fall asleep. You and still I felt use that? Like that helped calm me down, too. Oh, sometimes, yeah. Most of the, if I'm ever, like, a, before, like, a big test or, like, a big day, I need That's to calm thing, down man. and get That's some awesome. sleep. I, I use that. 
that's awesome like that I'm super happy to hear that so you <laughs> you know you do that yeah I don't know if I, I think everybody does lots of these things but mm -hmm. no one talks about it super cool to hear you say that and I want to hear what other mm -hmm. people have like, no, their strategies yeah. that they do Yeah, because everyone has their different ways by it, but no one knows about it because, you know, you don't really, this thing doesn't usually come up, right? You have to kind of, yes. you, have to, you have to make it normal to talk about like, it. Oh, you got to make this normal. <laughs> Absolutely. That's my goal. That's why I want to win the Olympics, so this, this stuff can yeah. be normal. Yeah, because, you know, not everyone talks about it, and I feel like everyone should start talking about it because... <laughs> Why not, yep. right? Everyone needs Share to know wealth. about this. <laughs> wealth, um, wealth does. You're not a you're not a rich person if you mm -hmm. give lots of money. So, it, it, oftentimes it's the opposite. Um, yeah, absolutely. That, there's an NF lyric right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely yeah, gonna have to check him out now. Him, he actually. sounds interesting. <laughs> I don't really care if he writes back. It's more for me. But dude, dude, dude changed my life. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just pumped about it. I also know when um, there was this one big project I had for school. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I looked up and there was this really cool kind of breathing. It wasn't entirely breathing, but it was like working, breathing and kind of taking a break all at the same time. It was like you work for 25 minutes and you take a five minute break and you just calm yourself down, do something you love. And then I think it was work back for 25 minutes and you keep doing that over and over again until you finish. And it really helped me. Like I know that I was focused for the 25 minutes. And then for those five minutes, I was just like really doing my own thing, like what I wanted to do. And it kind of reset my brain. Oh, and when genius. I went back to Absolutely. work, I was more focused again. Wicked crap. Yeah. I can't remember the name do of it, that. but I know it really Do lots of that. <laughs> now i have one question those recipes that you post on your instagram they look so good my mom absolutely loves everything you cook where do you find those things and is that like a yeah, outlet you use um, and oh well so i yeah cooking you know what i've always cooked because and i've always you know what i always do is i always give myself the worst plate like, if I'm cooking for myself at home sometimes, like, one of my favorite things in the world is craft dinner or alpha Gettys. Like, I don't, I don't always cook high-end mm -hmm. meals. I like, oh, yeah. But I do <laughs> like to really go way out of my way for other people. Um, and I don't, I, I don't, I didn't always do that with intention, but I knew that mm -hmm. made me feel good. Um, like, I went to culinary school and, um, yeah, I learned lots there, but I learned so much in the industry. Um, just about life, what may I've made mistakes because of it. Um, I've worked myself to the bone. Um, you know, I've I've been really poor in my life, but like financially wise, but working like crazy because cooking is fun and the atmosphere is like it is like a sport. You know, working mm -hmm. on a line with someone, getting through a crazy rush, like the the endorphins you get from that are just amazing. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, when I cook things and I share things on Instagram and whatnot, I just, I do want other people to eat it, enjoy it. And probably my favorite video ever, I did two videos. One was how to, how to cut a pepper efficiently. And one was how a couple different ways to cut onions. 
So to do julienne or to do like a, you can do brunoise or like a small, like a small dice uh, onion. And the amount of response I got back from those from people were like, oh man, I like, thank you. I always waste half my, I always waste half the onion or I waste, you know, I, I don't know how to actually cut the pepper that way. And I was like, sweet, that's my favorite. But then you go cook something like super high end. Like no one's going to try that. Like that's why you go pay money at a restaurant for it because someone else can do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, the simple stuff, that's where it's at for sure. I know that I'm not, I'm not a fancy high end food worker, but I do work at my local pizza and just trying to get everything done and trying to make everything. It's so it's stressful, but it's the good kind of stress. Cause it's, Fun, but oh, you know you gotta get it. Right? It's, I love it. I love working there. Crossing it off or putting in my initials beside something on a prep list on a whiteboard to say like I did that. It's like yeah, those little positive, those like little boosts during yeah. the day is like yeah, I'm gonna get this done. Like that's sweet. That's uh, I I think everybody, everybody should, everybody in society, mm. <laughs> I should work as a server, a dishwasher, <laughs> or a cook at some point and I think we yeah. would have a lot of people a lot more like kind to each other mm -hmm. because those jobs are you know like they're not thankless jobs like people yeah. tip you as a server even though I think we should abolish tipping anyways just pay people what they're worth but um but yeah like yeah those are some interesting <laughs> ones where you get like some of the highs of humanity and the lows of humanity <laughs> where people are just so mean to servers like holy cow um oh yeah um, yeah it's, it's interesting but it teaches you some yeah. hard work and and yeah you get a lot of like just mini wins it's, it's really fun yeah oh I've experienced so many different types of people at that job there was I there's one person where, like you can't there's a times where you can't do anything like our internet was down because we do online ordering and you know, people call in and they're like, hey, what's going on? And there was this one lady who was like, oh, I'm not ordering you from from you guys because your online's not ordered. I'm like, well, I can't do anything about it. I'm sorry. So you get to see that side of people. But then there was this other lady who called and she's like, oh, I just want to tell you that whoever the delivery driver was, I want to thank him because he was doing great and he's like helping out. And I just he was so kind. And I've had a bunch of people who come in and just like are super nice and they're thanking me for being open. And I was like, well, it's not just me, but you get to see the yeah. good people too. As, and it, as I, a business owner, it's the best when someone reaches out to say that like one of the people involved with your company did a good thing because you always hear the complaints. People are quick to talk about a complaint, yeah. but people are not quick to say the positive. So I try to go out of my way to write good reviews mm -hmm. when I have good experiences about places and um because it does mean a lot to the people who are at those businesses and I, I've really started to do that now that I do have employees that I know are very good and 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 do an amazing job and it's pretty thankless um I forget to thank them far too often as well um you know because people just say well that's what the money's for but yeah it is what the money's for but you know people are also far more productive when, when they get, uh, you know, that positive, you know, information that yeah, I am doing a good job and that can extend to your curling teams too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's little wins, man. Like <laughs> someone makes a tick shot, their first tick shot they've ever made in their life or, you know, they miss six in a row and make one is like, 
not like finally it's oh yeah good job like that's awesome because people are a lot harder on themselves than most people could probably mm -hmm. even imagine oh yeah i know that um there was this one driver he was having like a, a bad day and the lady called and said that she was so thankful for him and it just made his day like it helped him and he was so just happy and it you don't really get to see behind the scenes so much like whenever like when you go to a store before you've worked there you're like oh yeah they're just making my pizza but once I started working on the scenes I see that there's so much effort going into it like it's not just putting the toppings on and throwing it in the oven like when the, when someone messes up they take that personally and they're like yeah I'm sorry and they put it in right away like you see so much like it's so like people need to thank more and I I love working there but it's crazy like, <laughs> like how much that's why they made the movie Wizard miss of Oz, when you're not working there in my my you get to see behind the veil and you're like oh wow this is not what i thought <laughs> yeah <it was." laughs> i don't know why they made the blizzard of oz i'm I, that's a terrible comment i'm not going to claim to know no, yeah. that's my um that's my perception <laughs> of it <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah well i could probably like talk to you for hours but i know how busy you are and i just want to say thank you for coming on and i honestly enjoyed this chat and me and my family and all my teammates are going to be cheering you on at the briar thank you from so our much. homes my, and like, like i can't I said, wait my, to talk to you again my my dms are open um for anybody yeah. who wants to chat or explore some of these things i'll, I'll try to I, I i don't i can't always answer quickly um but i will answer um and yeah, like, I just, I just really appreciate this opportunity. And I'm so happy, like, you take the time to do this. And, you know, you, you give yourself, uh, you put yourself out there. And that's a hard thing to do. So yeah, thank yeah. you for doing this. Thank you for having me on. And I'll be, I'll be cheering for you guys. And, <laughs> and I look forward to, you know, chatting yeah. with your team more in the future, too. Um, I can be a resource for you guys. And I, I want to help you guys out, too, because I was there oh, not yeah. very long ago. And my nieces. Man, my niece, my here's a, f a real quick funny story. My my niece, um, my nieces are now playing with a, <laughs> a a former skip that I played against, who I used to watch on TV. So, my niece is curling in Alberta. Her name is Morgan Skipper. Oh, really? And she's curling <laughs> with Alyssa Nedowin, who is the daughter of David and Heather Nedowin, and Mo not many people know that I, I did play one season oh. at third for David Nedowin and got to know him really well. And he's an amazing dude. And I learned so much from him, but it's just so weird because I used to pretend I was him. And among other players, I, I used to pretend I was Randy Furby and Kevin Martin and Carrie Burtnick and pay a Lindholm. I used to watch VHS tapes and, and use a mini stick and golf balls and take yarn and tape it on the floor. And so I got to curl with him. I used to idolize him and now my niece is curling with him. It's just mind blowing. <laughs> That's crazy. But who knows? Maybe you'll That's play crazy. with my niece in the future. That's you never know. Cool. Uh, never know what happens. I could coach. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> oh, wow. But yeah, thank Thanks you. A lot we, for will, the opportunity we will definitely and, take advantage you know, of that. Thank I look you for forward that. to discussing more in the future.
Me yeah, too. me too. Thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, shoot me a text or something. We can follow up. All right, I will talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks so much. Talk to you later. Yeah, for sure. All right.